This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains holding me. Is anybody out there hearing me? Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, Proclaim liberty to captives and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. Lust can take you in places you never thought it would take you. I think if we knew... I would say we, those of us who got hooked on it at an early age, knew that it had the potential to destroy a life, destroy a marriage, destroy a family. Um, It would have made a big difference. But we're not usually told this in the beginning. And the guest I have on today had his life um, upended. He got involved with pornography at an early age, became a police officer later, and then it ended up in prison because of some of the things he did. So I want to welcome today John. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for coming on, brother. And so let's just get started and I'll have you jump into your story. I'll be glad to. Well, as uh, as you said, um, porn and uh, uh, the sexual addiction can have some devastating effects on one's life, and um, I'm an example of that. I uh, to start my story out. I was born in a small town in South Texas. Uh, my dad was a big man in that town and uh, well respected. At the age of five, um, his brother, uh, a man who I loved very much enjoyed going over and seeing um, come out of his bedroom one day and exposed himself to me, um, invited me to do some favors for him. It scared me. Uh, It was my first exposure to anything uh, deviant like that. I ran home and uh, hid. Uh, Felt like I couldn't tell anybody because it was a family member. And uh, it just uh, really um, messed my thinking up. Uh, about a year later, uh, got introduced to porn. Um, me and uh, some of the neighborhood kids uh, would sit around and look at these uh, pornography uh, magazines. And uh, it just, uh, I don't know, it was, it was exciting at that age. But as you said, you don't know what kind of effects it'll have on you. And I'm, I can tell you that uh, they're not good. At uh, about the same age, six to seven years old, uh, a brother's um, friend um, started coming over and staying the night from time to time. And uh, at one one evening, he crawled into bed with me and uh, began touching me. And uh, it was very uncomfortable. But at the 
same time, it was uh, kind of strangely exciting for, for a person, a kid my age, to have somebody that would, uh, older than me, would even want anything to do with me. Uh, it turned out that uh, he ended up molesting me, and this occurred over several times over, over a year. Um, it was uh, something that was uh, filled me with shame. And uh, that, coupled with what my uncle had done, uh, made me think that I was some kind of, uh, that there was something wrong with me. And uh, so I kept it quiet. I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't want to uh, expose my shame. And um, at the age of nine, my parents um, divorced after a long marriage. And uh, my mom moved us to Colorado. And uh, in Colorado, uh, the actual the divorce that happened uh, was pretty devastating. I ended up um, being uh, addicted to Valium. Uh, doctor had prescribed me some Valium to keep me calm, to calm uh, because I'd become somewhat of a rebellious child over the whole situation. And uh, got through that. I was uh, taken off the volume and got through that situation uh, only to have my mother's sister um, introduce me to methamphetamines. And uh, again, at uh, the age of nine, um, I uh, become, I'm sorry, that was, uh, I'm getting away, getting ahead of myself here. At the age of 11 is when my aunt introduced me to the methamphetamines. And uh, she used that. She she groomed me during that time and ended up molesting me also. Um, this caused me to really want to seek something else. And as a result, I started going to church and uh, with my sister. And we received Jesus into our lives at the age of 11. And that really changed my world. It was an awesome time for me. I remember just feeling like it was just this magical time for me. Um, but at the age of 13, when I got into junior high, um, peer pressure uh, and uh, the friends that I had that I had developed over a summer um, ended up drawing me away from the Lord, and I ended up falling away for about 23 years. During uh, this time, um, it was um, not uncommon for me to be drinking on the weekends, um, smoking marijuana. I uh, ended up getting married, and uh, my first marriage, we had a son, and we uh, she had moved to Arizona and I followed with all of our belongings to Arizona. And uh, the, uh, her parents did not recognize our marriage because we were married by a justice of peace. And as a result, um, our marriage was um, on the rocks, and we ended up divorcing after about three years. I became homeless in Arizona. Made a phone call to my mother, and who was living in Arkansas at the time, and she, rushed, and she sent me money for a bus ticket. And brought me to Arkansas. And uh, uh, once in Arkansas, 
um, she introduced me to a, uh, a school that was taking place for an emergency medical technician, EMT. And uh, she paid for my course, and, and I ended up becoming an EMT. Um, and uh, after about four years of doing that full-time, loved it. It was an awesome job. It felt really good helping people. Um, chief of police of the small town approached me and uh, invited me to ride with him, took me around. It was introducing me to different people in town as his new police officer. And um, I thought it was kind of funny because he hadn't even talked to me about it. He was just introducing me as I was, like I was already uh, going to make that choice. And, um, well, I did. I did make that choice. I went through the academy and uh, became a uh, certified police officer in the state of Arkansas. Again, I love my work. Um, it, uh, it really made me feel good about what I was doing. Um, my brother made a comment one time, my oldest brother, that when I put on the uniform, I, uh, I took on a different persona. I, uh, it was almost like uh, I was a completely different person. And um, that would prove true. Because um, then my second, when I got married again the second time, my second wife uh, had three daughters of her own when we got married. And uh, so I ended up, um, well, there's no way of sugarcoating this. I ended up molesting one of my daughters, my stepdaughters. And, uh, you know, it, it, Looking back on it, it was, it was you, you get caught up in self. You get caught up into trying to please self, and you don't look at the the consequences. You don't look at anybody else but self. Uh, it's all about uh, like the fix. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I know that sounds strange, but uh, that's. Um, the only way I can describe it. The, uh, that would cause me to have, uh, like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of, uh, uh personality. Uh, to give an example of that would be when I was at work in my uniform. Um, anytime there would be any kind of discussion about, um, Disturb family disturbances, uh, dysfunctional families where they might have uh, somebody being molested or something like that that we would have to deal with. Um, a strange uh, sensation would come over me. It was almost like an out-of-body experience. Um, and uh, I would later find out that that was because my two worlds were colliding at that point. And uh, I didn't really know how to handle that. It was uh, scary. I, at one point, I was in a meeting with uh, about 20 police officers, and I my instinct was to just run. I wanted to uh, run out the door and just keep on running, but I had to fight that and, and try to uh, act normal. It was a very uncomfortable situation. There was uh, one of the things that uh, happened to me was uh, during this time, I got a phone call from 
I, I need to also say that we had, my wife and I had, my second wife and I had separated, and I had moved uh, back to uh, Arkansas. She stayed in Colorado. And um, during the separation, uh, I had rededicated my life to the Lord. My boss at that time um, had, well, he had a rule that when we worked, if we drank, we didn't do it in the same county we worked in because we represented him. And if he ever found out that he would, uh, there would be consequences. And a buddy of mine uh, disobeyed him. We went to a bar. It was a Halloween night. They had some topless dancers there. And, and uh, after a few pictures of beer, I was challenged to take pictures with them. Um, and a photograph was made of me on stage with these topless dancers. Well, of course, me being the macho police officer, than I thought it was. I uh, shared this picture with other officers and got back to my boss. And uh, he called me into his office and um, told me, he asked me if I was going to church. And I told him, yes, sir, I'm going to church. I go every Wednesday and then Sunday twice. And uh, it kind of made me mad at the time that he said that. And he said, well, then you need to talk to your pastor. You need to confess your sins. You need to get yourself right with the Lord. And it made me mad, so uh, I made a few phone calls to the ACLU, and and they told me that uh, without proof, some kind of a some, uh, recording proving that he was uh, pushing religion down my throat, um, they couldn't do anything. So I thought about it, and I thought, well, I'll wire myself up and go back in and approach him and try to get the conversation going. Um, uh, it went about three days passed by, and. It was just this uh, overwhelming thought was, you know what? What's wrong with going to your pastor? What's wrong with going and talking to him about what you've done? So I did. I went to my pastor and, and uh, confessed what had happened. And, and it was like this uh, amazing transformation took place. I, I felt the Lord in my life again. I, I bawled like a baby. Um, I got uh, baptized. And uh, I turned from uh, looking at pornography and drinking, smoking, to wanting to be protected uh, from the world. Uh, it was a period of about uh, three years went by, and uh, one day, it was a beautiful day, I remember it like it was yesterday, I was in my kitchen, I was cleaning my house, um, I had uh, my uh, two boys with me, they were outside playing. I got the phone call that um, uh, from my ex-wife uh, that our daughter was not, uh, that she was missing. She didn't go home. She was at her sister's house in Colorado visiting. She didn't go home, and uh, that the uh, sheriff's office had, uh, in an effort to try to get some information about where she might be at, happened upon her journal, and in her journal described what I had done to her. When she told me that, I uh, I literally fell into a chair in the kitchen. I couldn't even stand up anymore. And uh, but at the same time, it was it was a strange feeling that a weight had been lifted off me. That my secret was no longer it was, it was out, and there was no more hold on me. Uh, so when I got off the phone with her, um, I immediately made contact with my boss uh, that I was working for, and uh, went up and and uh, just blurted out. I told him what, what I had done, uh, what I was guilty of, and that I needed to try to make amends somehow. 
I wanted to do what was right. And uh, he shook my hand, told me that uh, he would accept my verbal resignation. He said, this happened in Colorado. You need to get to Colorado and head it off before it gets here. And so uh, I, uh, I did that. I, I made contact with uh, um, the department up there in Colorado and, and talked to somebody who was in charge of crimes against family. And uh, gave a confession over the phone. Um, the hardest thing was talking to family members, telling them, telling my dad. Um, it broke his heart. My mother was in denial. She was like, no, it's not your fault. It's her fault. Tried to put the blame on the child, and I told her, no, I'm the adult here. I'm the one that made the decision. Um, long story short, I ended up... Uh, going uh, before a judge uh, there in Colorado and uh, my uh, point, uh, court appointed attorney um, had uh, worked out a deal with the uh, prosecuting attorney that I would uh, plead guilty and that I would receive a seven year sentence um, and then uh, end up on probation and uh, surprisingly the judge uh, when that was presented, uh, said, no, I'm not going to accept that. He said, this man's going to um, need some help. Uh, he says, I'm going to sentence him to five years, Department of Corrections, and uh, he's going to have to attend some um, sex offender classes to uh, be able to appease the courts. And uh, I went to prison. I went there for... Uh, about a year and a half, um, and it was amazing. Um, all this time, I had not walked away from the Lord. When I when I rededicated my life to the Lord, um, it was an amazing transformation, as I said before. But uh, he, uh, I, I see back, I look back on it now, and I think um, how he was preparing me for all this. Um, you know, and, and, and God's Word numbers. 3223, um, just a, a synopsis of what that verse says is that the sins of your sins will find you out. And uh, that was something that the Lord had showed me, and that there would be consequences, but that He'd be there with me through this whole situation. Um, and, and there were some, uh, what I'd say, miracles that happened to me while I was locked up. Uh, for example, um, when I first got there, uh, we were thrown into what they call a fish tank. And uh, the, the rule, the golden rule there is that you don't ask anybody what they're doing time for, and they don't ask you. Well, one individual um, broke that rule, asked me, and, and, and I wouldn't tell them. And so they just assumed that I was in there for a sexual offense. So I was uh, probably a child molester. And one of the uh, uh, muscle builders... Um, he was a proud uh, white supremacist, uh, wanted to take me off into a room and, and uh, work me over. It scared me. I uh, called for a guard, and uh, I was taken into protective custody. And uh, so not only was I in there for molesting a child, but I was also a police officer, and I was uh, a rat, uh, which you didn't want to be in prison. And uh, while in protective custody, I ended up... Uh, reading um, The Pursuit of God and uh, by uh, 
Poser. And uh, at one point, um, I got on my knees and I prayed, God, show me what is it I'm supposed to do. And he said, I want you to look up in the concordance, the word fear. And uh, as I started looking up the different scriptures dealing with fear, I noticed that uh, Moses, um, you know, talking about uh, the Red Sea crossing and, and all the stuff that he went through and how he trusted God even when it seemed impossible. And uh, it gave me a boldness. I stood up and I said out loud, Lord, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And I stepped out of the protective pod that I was in, and uh, a strange thing happened. There was a guy by the name of Philip I'd never met him before. He was walking by the front door, and he looked over at me and said, hey, you want to walk with me? And uh, I was like, yes. And I went in, into this yard with, uh, well, it's about 900 other inmates out there, including the guy that was wanting to hurt me. And uh, I could just keep, I kept hearing the words in my, my head, trust me, trust me. And so I walked, and we walked right past this guy as he's yelling out uh, words at me. He's uh, calling me a rat and a, a chomo, and, and uh, I would be heckled by this guy over, well, a year and a half. Uh, at one point, I, I was uh, blessed to be the chaplain's clerk, and uh, so I'd had to deliver cards to the units and stuff like that for different inmates requesting cards, and uh, he was up there yelling out at me in one of the pods, and the Lord told me, he says, you know, he's affected by you because of something that's happened to him, you need to pray for him. And uh, I took on a different light. I looked at the uh, inmates, not with fear anymore, but I looked at them as, as um, more like victims, and we were all victims because of things we've done, mistakes we've made. And, uh, you know, God forgave me. He showed me that, and he turned my life around. The, um, the five years, uh, actually after about a year and a half, I was uh, granted a resentencing, and I ended up in a uh, community corrections there in Colorado. And uh, that's where I met you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, over while you were doing uh, Strength in Numbers, and that was uh, a good time because I was able to come and, and share and... Uh, know that I wasn't alone in my struggles and, and the things that I was going through. And, um, you know, after my release uh, in 2005, uh, I moved back to Arkansas and uh, ended up getting married a third time. And uh, I'm still married to this woman. She's, uh, she's wonderful. Uh, but, you know, looking back over the last 20 years, 20 plus years, because this is uh, 99 when my sins found me out and um, the devastating effects that it's had on uh, the ripple effect it has had on everybody um, it just it blows me away um, my relationship with my children um, still not where it needs to be John <clears throat> I am. Um, we are down to the last two minutes, and okay. before I ask you a question, I just want to say, listen to your story. My heart is broken, but I also appreciate your honesty in sharing this. This must be difficult, and so what I want to do is give you one minute now to just say anything you want to our listeners, and this is very painful, and this is where this stuff can take us, so 
Anything you would say in one minute? Absolutely, Mike. The, if I could say anything, is that uh, surrender. I mean, uh, ask the Lord to help you. You cannot do this on your own. You cannot come out of this. You you will never be able to uh, fight this on your own. First uh, Corinthians six eighteen says, "Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body. He that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body." And the reason for that is because sexual sin affects the spirit and our very soul um, and leads to devastating uh, consequences. It, uh, you know, I guess uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I say that the Lord can help you through this, and as He's helped me, mm-hmm. and there's no turning back. Amen. All right, brother. Well, thank you very much. Um, I know it was a hard story to share, but I think a lot of us need to hear this. And thank you for joining us, my friends, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.